1: Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes.
0: Wolfman's got
1: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
0: Whatever you do, don't fall asleep.
1: We have
0: such sights to show you.
1: They're all gonna laugh at you! are listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls.
0: Tonight, in honor of the dreary, dreadful January winter of discontent that we are in, we decided to have a little fun and do some guilty pleasures again.
1: Yeah, Guilty Pleasures Part 2. This time, we have two wonderful selections.
0: I don't know if wonderful is the right word there.
1: You know what? I have no shame, and truly these aren't guilty pleasures, because I will proudly wave my flag for both of these movies. Um, My pick was Mary Riley from uh, 1996, a retelling of the Jekyll and Hyde story. Um, I believe you mean Mary Riley. Mary Riley.
0: I'm going to do all my bad accents tonight, too, yeah. since the stars of these films seem to get paid good money to do them.
1: That's very true. Mary oh, Lailie. <laughs> that
0: that would have been a better accent. For that would have.
1: I think the Lucky Charms guy would have been much better than Julia
0: Roberts. Or Warwick Davis as the leprechaun.
1: That's true. He at least least has some claims to Europe. Julia, I don't know what she's doing. Oh my god. And there are moments in the film where Julia
0: Roberts will uh, play as Mary Riley will completely stop to even trying. And it'll sound like Pretty Woman just walked in.
1: I know. I mean, like, okay, at least in Robin Hood, Kevin Costner owned the fact that he couldn't do it, so he just didn't do it. Julia keeps going back and forth, which surprises me, because I feel like she's generally a pretty good actress but accents aren't for everybody you know this film
0: actually had spiraled me into an existential crisis in which i began to wonder maybe julie is not a very good actress
1: maybe not i don't know like do we just hold pretty woman at such a high esteem that we just figure she's good i i don't know but you know what you know who else has really bad accents winona Ryder.
0: <gasps> i know i know she really really struggles through her accents but unfortunately in our second movie, where we're talking about Dracula, Keanu will more than take the spotlight away from her in that arena.
1: Yeah, as much as I love him, that oh. <laughs> that's another one. Although I'm I'm with you. Like I said, I really don't want to say that these are guilty pleasures because I will, I will, I will find a way to defend both Mary Riley and Bram Stoker's Dracula to the end.
0: So I've only seen Mary Riley twice since that's the one we're starting with. And the first time you made me sick <laughs> in college, and I was like, and you were so excited that I didn't have the heart to do anything but just smile and nod,
1: <laughs> and because that's what that's what friends are for.
0: <laughs> and then the second time was for this podcast.
1: So both times you've watched Mary Riley at my behest.
0: Yep, and I blame you for both. And again, <laughs> the best I can do as a friend is just smile and nod. <laughs>
1: I don't, I honestly, I don't even know how to start my defense of Mary Riley. I don't know. This is a movie that I remember that I think my brother had it on VHS and he just put it on one day and we watched it and I just... Was so into it, like it wasn't. I can't. I can't explain it. I don't know if it's the allure of John Malkovich. I don't know if it's the Malkovich, uh, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. I don't know. I don't know what it was about the story, but I was just. I was into it, and I we watched it all the time. I. I don't know. I can't explain my love for this movie. I just. I got it. I got it, and I try to spread the love but mostly yeah i'm i'm met with the, um you know like the empty smiles and like people kind of just like pat me on the head <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. So so this one was actually directed by Stephen Frears, who did a shit ton of really good movies. He did High Fidelity, Dangerous Liaisons, The Queen. He's like won Oscars. Um, It's like this movie had all of the ingredients for a good movie. It had Malkovich, it had Julia Roberts, both big names and well-respected actors. It had an awesome director at the helm, yet somehow this movie like totally missed the mark, if you ask me.
1: No, I agree. And I even have that note between the director, the score. I love the score on this movie. And, and like you said, the actors that are in it, I mean, it's got, yeah. Glenn Close is in this movie. Like there's so many, the, the, the deck is stacked for, yeah. for a hit. And this just, I don't know what it is. It falls completely flat. Um, It could be, it is slow, it is a bit slow. Um,
0: okay, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. A bit slow is very. Hard. I <laughs> I was watching this like at two o'clock in the afternoon, and I think I had to wake myself up at least three times. <laughs> I wish I was exaggerating.
1: I, yeah, it can be. It can be slow. Uh, between the pacing, between Julia's accent that is sometimes there and sometimes not um the dialogue like the 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 script isn't the greatest script perhaps
0: so but as, as the person who picked this you're doing an absolutely terrible job of defending it
1: i'm just trying to appease you oh um, no, no no i'm, I'm gonna give you <laughs> God, I'm sorry. No, was just, I just I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I can't explain my love. I don't know why I love this movie the way that I do. I don't because I see all these flaws. I do know that the script is lacking. I do know that it can be slow. I think for me, though, there are just certain parts of the movie that I love so much that like I know they're coming up. So I just excitedly wait for them kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: I have. I Why? Why is the sky blue? Why? Why do birds suddenly appear? Every time that you are near. I don't know. I can't explain.
0: It. Well, I will say uh, there are some points where I was, I really enjoyed this movie and there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack
1: here. So let's just dive right in. Sure. So, so, would you want to give a quick quick synopsis? Or yeah, just- so, so this story is, is a retelling of the classic Jekyll and Hyde story. This time told from the point of view of a maid working in Dr. Jekyll's, uh, Dr. Jekyll's house. So, you know, generally the same plot happens where Jekyll creates the serum to create Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde starts to take over more and more and wreak havoc in, you know, Jekyll's life. Life and really everybody else's life, um, and, and ultimately, you know, lives. right. And ultimately, kind of succumbs to the evil side. But the, in this movie, they kind of pepper in an awkward love story between Mary and the Doctor and Mister Hyde. There's like this weird love triangle between two people, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really that. that that's really the the, uh, the whole thing is. Basically the same story, but they made it in a love story a little bit. Which is which is also kind of weird. Like the love story element is a little bit awkward, but again, I kind of blame the the script for that one.
0: Yeah, it's it's ironic to me that a version of Jekyll and Hyde that focuses on a fictional servant can still be so misogynistic and so overtly like looking at everything with the male gaze. And I think one thing that I did like about this movie, and I will say I like this about both movies we're going to talk about tonight, is the juxtaposition between... uh, Like, ple- the, the pleasure and pain juxtaposition. Like, I liked how both movies played around with this idea that, you know, as Freud very famously kind of suggested so long ago, we had these primal urges, and all of our primal urges are so strongly intertwined. So, you know, the, the difference between are things that give us pleasure and things that hurt us and things that are violent and things that are sexual are all those lines are all so thin. And this movie does an excellent job of playing around with that. I thought.
1: Yeah. And, and I will say that probably one of my favorite things about this movie in general is John Malkovich. And I don't know. I I like the way That he plays both characters. Obviously, physically, they have them looking as different as they could be looking different when you have the same character or the same actor (laughs) playing two different characters. But uh, there's just little nuances that I noticed about the characters that I uh, there was just something about the way that when Hyde was Hyde, the way he always tucked his hair behind his ear. You know, the way that he smiled a completely different smile than Dr. Jekyll smiled. There was little things like that. Um, But I think that it is extremely evident in the movie. And I had read this online that the two stars, Julia Roberts and John Malkovich, apparently didn't get along. And that is, I think, abundantly clear because there's not a lot of chemistry between the two of them. No, that's it's weird too because like I I've never I've watched
0: a lot of John Malkovich films. This is the first time I've ever thought, huh? I I find him attractive. Yeah. 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 yeah both Jekyll and Hyde, where I was like, yeah, I could I could look at them, but yeah, it's like weird. There's there's this awkward lack of chemistry between them, um, which is is to me a detriment to the story because you do kind of want to ship. Uh, Julie Ro- Mary Riley and Doctor Jekyll.
1: Right, he's right.
0: Something cute about the whole thing, even if he's really creepily obsessed with her past.
1: Yeah, yeah. That yeah. whole
0: plot line, by the way, really like just was cringy and weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it. Like I said, like when you just throw this character into the story, like I'm all for retellings of the classics. But this was just such an odd choice because I I don't know. Like I said, I can, I liked the way that how different Jekyll and Hyde were personality wise and their intentions and their motivations. But the one thing they both had in common was that they fell in love with Mary. Like they became, well, I don't even want to say that. I think maybe Jekyll fell in love with Mary and Hyde became obsessed with Mary. Um, because Hyde was obviously the one he couldn't control himself, where Jekyll was very calm and controlled in his obvious, you know, lust for her. I mean, Hyde, fuck it. He he tried to take her at every, every turn, and... Um, I do have a note and I just apologize to women everywhere for this one. But oh, one no. of my favorite lines in this whole movie was when he like tries to kiss her and when Hyde tries to kiss Mary and she like kind of resist a little bit. And he was like, sorry, I thought you were planning on staying. I guess my sense of smell is off. And I know, I know that's gross and I know that's cringy, but I loved, loved that line. I love the way he delivered that line. I loved everything about that. Yeah,
0: so I kind of felt like I was into the themes of duality for a bit. Like I was like, "Oh, this is this is a really cool take on the very famous Jekyll and Hyde theme. Like this idea that we all have an inner an inner hide. You know, like we all have our we all put forth our Jekyll, much like Freud suggested, and really we all are Hyde." But then it kind of took a turn for me in that I feel like I started wondering if this film wasn't very much suggesting that you know violence and aggression towards women is not somehow part of our primal being. Um I kind of f- spent a lot of time trying to justify the behaviors and the victimization of Mary and Glenn Close's character. And P.S. Glenn Close is a national treasure. Just to throw that out there,
1: she is. This is this is back to back Glenn Close movies.
0: God, I cannot get enough of her. I'll watch everything. You go right down to the damn Dalmatians movie.
1: <laughs> no, um, in this one, her her playing uh, Mrs. Faraday. I loved her. I loved her get up. I loved her demeanor i i loved her in this one
0: yeah she's she's it's like she's such a freaking good actress and i feel like she's definitely underappreciated for how good she is and i feel like the character herself to me felt very empowering and i was like oh i'm digging this woman like she is not she is pimping out those girls and she's unapologetic about it and i really like that Mm -hmm. And meanwhile they they put her through such a violent and horrific demise that it like made me really I don't know, this movie just made me feel uncomfortable. The violence against women felt very, very palpably misogynistic to me in that it was like taking pleasure in torturing all these women, including Mary, who had been like a a victim of her father's abuse. And then to have the father come back and still be a total fucking creeper. Like there was just no redeeming male. It was, it's almost like I'm more insulted for men than I am for women.
1: That was my question. Like, do you think that, I mean, do we want to give the... You know, writer and director enough credit to say that that was the point. Like they went to such an extreme of hedonistic behavior in Hyde that I mean, when he bumps into the little girl and just starts stomping on her chest, like, and then oh. pay them uh, pays the parents off in blood money.
0: Yeah, no, the I mean, there's there's some intensity to be had there. It's just, it's almost like. I think what, what kind of works and what kind of jarred me with this movie is that it's so slow that when those moments of shocking violence happened, I was like caught off guard somehow. Like I felt like I was watching Downton Abbey until all of a sudden somebody the brains are getting.
1: <laughs> that would make a really good episode of Downton Abbey.
0: <laughs> That's what I said. That that show always needed was some puppies
1: <laughs> or capitation,
0: right? A sweet could be right, exactly. Let me rewrite Downton and Abbey. Um, I liked the gothic feel too. I thought they did a good job. I, I, One of my funny notes is that, man, I wish I had servants because, boy, what I wouldn't give them somebody who like scrubbed my floors and like, I don't know. Debs were the days, huh? I guess rich people still have servants. I don't know how that works. But.
1: I think so. I mean, as much as I would love to have someone bring me breakfast in bed every day, you right? do have to go to the bathroom in a pot.
0: Mm, you know like i don't have to empty the pot the servant does
1: true but i don't know i don't know that i could live in a world where you're just walking down the street and someone's emptying that chamber pot right out the window like oh the scene when when they go to the uh when they go to the meat market and Hyde is super excited because he's like oh yeah we're gonna go to the hospital they share the same alley like everybody dumps the same
0: junk (laughs) (laughs) although i was like man you could get such good like free cadavers and stuff like (laughs) what a bargain (laughs) um because i act like i have anything to do with a cadaver i
1: know i'm like what are we doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) nothing at all
1: (laughs) we're just gonna dress him up put him out for every holiday you know (laughs) we'll we'll put a little a little green bowler on his hat for for saint patrick's day and then he could
0: do a bad accent like he would probably do a better cadaver dressed as an irishman would do a better accent than
1: julia did in this movie that's very true that's very true Um
0: so my favorite part of the whole movie i'm ready like
1: lol wait is this like a for real favorite part or a sarcastic okay. favorite part no, for real, for real. okay i'm excited go is ahead
0: they found the drawings in the books with the penises drawn on <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i was like what a better like little kid primal thing to do than draw penises on something yeah It made me really happy. It made me like Hyde
1: a whole lot. I I like Hyde. I know that he's the villain, but you know me and my villains. I like, you know what? I just think I love, I just love the way it's done. You know, like they don't even have the same accent. Hyde has an American accent. You know, like I said, they, they make him look different as much as they can with the longer dark hair His smile is different. They give him an American accent. His mannerisms are different. He's just, I love the way too that every time, and it happened more than once in the film, every time he came up behind Mary and put like an arm around her, he never put his arm around her waist. He always put his arm around her and grabbed her boobs. (laughs)
0: Oh my god, yeah, he was so grabby, and and uh, everybody was grab. I felt like everybody in this movie was grabbing Julia Roberts' boobs. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why. it fe- literally felt like everybody was touching her, and I hated, hated, hated the other servants.
1: Oh really? Yeah, yeah.
0: they really annoyed me. Like you're a bunch of shitheads. Like you should have each other's backs, not be like looking to dog each other out every two seconds. D- did you know that Tim Burton actually wanted this movie?
1: I did. I saw that he did, and it kind of makes me giggle that he went with uh Ed he went with Ed Wood. He had the opportunity to direct oh, this awesome. movie and he went
0: <laughs> my favorite. He
1: uh yeah, he directed Ed Wood instead of this movie, which really I don't know. I don't know. See, here's the thing, too. Malkovich wasn't the first choice. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was one of the first choices that the director had to play Jekyll and Hyde. And I don't believe that Julia Roberts was the first choice either. Um, But could you imagine this movie directed by Tim Burton starring Winona Ryder? Because that's what would have happened.
0: You know what? And I, I could, and I, I would imagine it would be a better film. Although what I would say is that her accent would also suck. Yeah. I can't, more than proven.
1: I can't, I can't defend my love for this movie. I can criticize this movie and like, I'll criticize it and I'll let you criticize it. But if somebody else wants to chime in, like on the Facebook page and be like, yeah, this movie's terrible. I will fight them. I will find them and I will fight them like physically. So.
0: <laughs> That's fair. And you know what? I kind of feel a little sex, a little violence, a little Glenn Close, never a bad thing for my life. I have watched way, way worse movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think if you know that it's slow going into it, then maybe it's a little of an easier pill to swallow. I don't know. Like I said, I just, I love it so much that to me, like, I look forward to when we finally get to see Hyde because uh Hyde's character doesn't come out like we know he's there he exists and like it's a big reveal
0: in like hour five we finally meet him yeah
1: (laughs) it is finally getting to see Hyde's face is is a big reveal that's built up um so like looking forward to that looking forward to the scenes I loved as much as there wasn't chemistry between Dr. Jekyll and Mary Riley I felt like there was a little bit more chemistry, which is odd to say because it's the same actor. But I felt that there was more of a chemistry, a more believable chemistry between Hyde and Mary Reilly. Oh, um,
0: I feel like there was a lot less consent
1: between Hyde and Mary okay, yes. No, There was absolutely a lot less consent, which, you know, which is funny because how you were talking earlier about the duality of the, the obvious, you know, theme of duality because it's literally it's like smacking you in the face i do find that not quite in the same way but there's also a duality in mary because you see her struggling to be like the proper chaste woman and you see her fighting her urge to like you know jump in bed with hyde and let him fondle her like in that one dream she has where you know hides all up on her. And he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you invited me here. And she's like, Oh, I did. You know, it's like, you almost see that duality within her of struggling to be the woman that she's expected to be. And the woman that, you know, she wants to kind of have a hide of her own.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that's I I totally agree with you. And I think that that's exactly what this film is saying is that we all have our hide. And we all wish we could be a little bit more like our hide. I think tying in the constant dream sequences is really, like you said, not a subtle point, because it knocks you over the head with the Freudian theory of, you know, we all have these unconscious wants and primal urges that we suppress because it's socially acceptable but really we'd all be a lot happier if we let them out more often I mean I don't know do
1: you want your hide to run your life
0: I don't, I don't know I, I mean I wouldn't mind having a hide
1: I don't know but you know what I think I think that it's nice to have both where Jekyll was the more subtle the more the gentler of the two you know you want somebody that's gonna you know kiss your hand and rub your feet and and then you want that same guy to you know Pull your hair and choke you a little bit. I think I don't know. I just think there's. I think you kind of get. The, you can get the best of both worlds.
0: I I totally agree. <laughs> I think that's a, actually a really apt way to put that. And then it also ties so interestingly into so many of the themes of the other film too.
1: That's true. uh b- Before we jump to that, I do want to say, um if you're on the fence about watching this movie, I would say watch it because at the end you get the payoff. Of some really shitty '90s CGI, uh, yeah. <laughs> wait at the very end, when it's kind of the physical, like the literal physical struggle between Jekyll and Hyde, uh, you get to see the transformation, and it is just, just you know, oh, a delight. It, it is just classic shitty '90s CGI. <laughs> it really uh, is yeah. Little-
0: it's a little painful.
1: It, it, is, it is kind of bad to watch. But like I said, you know, just the proof of the love is Hyde could kill her. Hyde's going to kill her. You know, Hyde is right there. He's going to kill her and he takes a look at her and Hyde doesn't kill her. And he instead injects himself with a serum to turn back into Jekyll. But he added a little poison in there because he knew, he knew that that's the only way that she would be saved is if he were dead. And if Hyde dies, Jekyll has to die. And I love the line where, where Hyde says, I knew you'd be the death of us. Here's, here's my question, though. So he injects himself. He lays on the table. Jekyll he, He's turned back into Jekyll. Jekyll is dying. Mary lays on the table next to him and basically comforts him in his final hours. Fade to black. You know, the next scene is Mary is leaving that you know uh, Operating theater And she looks back At him one last time mm-hmm. And he's Hyde He's Hyde With a smile on his face A dead Hyde With a smile on his face I don't I don't know I don't know that I like that Because to me That says that he was Hyde was truly Who he wanted to be The whole time Like he That's who he was Meant to be
0: You know what's funny Because I'm going to own that I didn't even notice that Oh really uh, Yeah <laughs> That's how That's how observant I am
1: <laughs> You're oh. like Oh my god It's almost over Two minutes to go <laughs> <laughs>
0: i may have fallen asleep for just i was resting my eyes you're resting
1: eyes. Your, yeah of course
0: you're resting <laughs> like your my rest. grams um, <laughs> no i i didn't notice that that's really funny i just assumed it was him i think yeah and i and i think i can live with that theory oh yeah theory that we all secretly want to be a little bit more like our hide
1: yeah exactly yeah. you know like who who wouldn't want to live in a world without consequence
0: yeah, yeah, and and fulfill, like, all of our primal urges all the time unapologetically. Yeah. I just wish, for some reason, every time characters have primal urges, it seems to include violence against women, and that makes me very sad.
1: Yeah, we could maybe tone that down a little bit. Oh my could- god,
0: in both of these films, we could yeah. take it down about 12 notches.
1: Yeah, although, you know what? When that little horde of vampire women have Keanu kind of in bed...
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: They turn We're the tables a little bit. That. That's a little, that will turn the tables a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny. I can't wait to talk about that because I have a really good note about it. But All anything right. else before we jump on any? No,
1: no, let's dive right in. Why don't you take us through uh, Bram Stoker's Draculia? Okay,
0: welcome to Transylvania. <laughs> That's my accent. That's my jacket. It. Thank you. Move over, Gary Oldman. I'm coming. <laughs> So in 1992, much to the chagrin of most of Hollywood, Francis Ford Coppola releases his version of Bram Stoker's Dracula. And the backstory here is fascinating because apparently Winona Ryder walked up to him and she's like, wow, man, like, we should do Dracula. Look at this great script I found. Because she was afraid that he was pissed off because she turned down a role in Godfather Part 3, which I believe would be the same role that would go to his his daughter, uh, Sophia. Yeah, Sophia. Yeah, so ironically, we have Winona Ryder to thank for this film. Uh, to thank for this film, so I guess because she's the one who brought it to his attention, that's how she gets the role of Mina. Fun well, fact: so I chose this as my guilty pleasure for two reasons. Number one, I thought it fit perfectly with Mary Riley in its uh, exploration of the duality of pleasure and pain. But I and and like kind of being erotic, but not really. And then I also felt like d- this was one of those movies where in 1992, I had no business as an 11-year-old watching something this graphically sexual. <laughs> and I just remember being like, ooh, me likey. Like, I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew I was like into it, which probably speaks volumes about my psychological well-being.
1: Yeah, that this is one of those movies where I probably watched it You know, I don't know. I don't remember when the first time I saw this movie, uh, but I'm assuming it was at a way too young of an age where I watched it. And in a couple scenes, I was kind of like, should I be watching this? Because I'm pretty (laughs) sure those are boobs. I probably should close my eyes at this point.
0: So the first thing I definitely want to jump into. So, you know, Dracula, right? Everybody knows the story.
1: Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, no need to synapse.
0: Vampires, blah, blah, blah. Love of his life. Blah, blah, blah. Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. Okay, so first and foremost, let's just get the elephant out of the room. Okay. God fucking damn it, Keanu Reeves!
1: <laughs> you sweet,
0: sweet, pretty boy. You are. What are you doing? So wait. So funny story. That's almost gonna make you feel bad for him because I actually felt really bad for him after this. So Gary, um, Gary Oldman is cast, right? Freaking profoundly great actor. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Anthony Hopkins is cast. You have Winona Ryder at a sure pity, and because she had the idea, right. right, right. And you have all these other reasonably, like, tolerable actors. You then get Keanu Reeves because the studio tells Francis Ford Coppola, you need a heartthrob to bring, like, the young kids into the movie. So they force Keanu Reeves on him. But where it gets bad and even more cringy is apparently off-camp, like, off, you know, film. So, like, Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins would be so relentless to Keanu that people would, like, literally want to cry for him. Because anytime he tried to, to film a scene, they would be like, are you fucking kidding me? Is that really what this little guy is going to do? And, like, I don't know that they necessarily were mean, but they were horrified by his acting. And oh. to be fair, we're not wrong! No. But, like... They reduced him to practically tears behind the scenes.
1: It uh, It very much does feel like, you know, you know, like when a little kid like puts on like the oversized suit kind of, I don't know. It's like, no, that's know, exactly like, it, Yeah. you know, like it's just, it's, it was too big. It was, it was too big for him. And it just, and what makes it even more heartbreaking is just everything you read about Keanu just being like the nicest dude on the planet and like the sweetest, most generous, you know, guy in the world. I just this this may have just been a little too much for him, and yeah,
0: and I betcha somewhere they met well, like because I love uh, Oldman and Hopkins so much. and oh, I do too. Classically trained actors that they were probably just trying to make him better, but like apparently they like practically drove him to to tears. Then allegedly from behind the scenes, I read this big huge behind the scenes special on it. Um. Apparently, Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman hated each other, and Gary Oldman was like, "You are not worthy of sharing the screen with me in this role," and like reduced her to tears on almost every occasion where they had to share the share the oh screen. My God, he would like correct her and like ma- like micromanage her acting, and Coppola was probably just sitting back counting his money, so he didn't care.
1: You know what? I I love I oh, I love Gary Oldman. <laughs> like, here's another situation where I'm like, you know what? Fine. I suck as an actor. Could you pull my hair a little harder? Thanks, Gary. Like, I love Gary. Like, I
0: know. Although, man, do they go out of their way to not make him hot in any moment in this movie.
1: Oh, you think? Oh, no. my God. He's
0: supposed to look really hot when he's, like, turned into the vampire and he's got those, like, luxurious curly locks. I'm like, yeah. seriously? Can't we get one hot Gary Oldman shot?
1: No. Oh, uh, no. I disagree. I think he's hot when he's like that. And in the very, very beginning when he is in that red armor suit and oh that oh, part a
0: little hot I'll give you that, that yeah
1: Now I I have a I was gonna say I have a hard time finding him not hot in a lot of things but Me- know, I'm gonna backtrack that statement because now I'm thinking about like Gary Oldman roles where he's please not hot plenty of times but I I do I I have I I have, I
0: I have think he's hot more often than not though
1: he is—he is so handsome. Like I know he's not supposed yeah, to be handsome, handsome in Fifth Element, but I'm—I'm I'm all about that plastic piece on his head.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, no, me too. And like when he played Sid Vicious, right? And in True Romance. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> True
1: Romance. <laughs> he's such a dirty, gross. Yeah, really? no, I'm into it. I'll do him. That's and when great. he's and oh, and he gets older and he's more mature. Oh, like I'll take Commissioner yeah. Gordon. Oh, I'll my- commission oh, my his god, Gordon. Totally oh yeah. my god
0: me too yeah yeah hey listen winston churchill i'm down i'm down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tinker sail, what is it tinker soldier <laughs> sailor spy whatever that <laughs> that i don't care really just gary oldman this is <laughs> just my call to you to touch my vagina I, and here's
0: here's my big one serious black
1: oh, <gasps> oh he oh. is he's so t- wow, See, it's,
0: it's okay that we're objectifying him because this is a feminist podcast <laughs> yeah no
1: it's fine it's fine i totally do de- see to me like gary oldman is the heartthrob it's funny i get it i get we need a young handsome jonathan harker whatever to me gary oldman is so much more except when he's the old dracul with the butt for the haircut like that's oh my god it's so funny you bring that up <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oftentimes, my sweet, sweet, significant other (laughs) will be dragged into watching these films with me. (laughs) And he took one for the team with Dracula. And usually what happens is he starts it and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go play video games or whatever. So he sits down and it's just about the scene where old, old butthead comes out. (laughs) And his two, (laughs) my husband's two contributions were he goes... (laughs) this is my butt head (laughs) head that looks like a butt (laughs) in his like count the voice then when Keanu comes out he goes after every lie all i'm wishing is that he just added the word dude And like, um, it's true. And so those were his two contributions, and then he quickly scampered off, much like uh, Gary Oldman does when he's climbing the wall of the building. That's how Matt scampered <laughs> off to play video games. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, you know what I will say? Knowing then what I know now, um, it does make me sad that there's no dudes and there's no whoa, like one whoa, like whoa, Jacula. whoa, ejacula. Can I inquire as to why you're signing all of these? papers dude
0: it's almost like he was like reading the notes on his hand every time he had to say his (laughs) lines like i felt like he was like looking down (laughs) he He had crib notes (laughs) (laughs)
1: um so okay so
0: now that we're done making fun of keanu uh
1: who we love who we love and is just a national
0: treasure so the first thing that jumped into my head was how horrific and cringy the special effects were so i did a little research And it turns out that apparently he refused to use CGI. And so his son did all of the practical effects. And they did all these tricks with like projectors and like lighting. And some of their creature effects were pretty fun. But nothing in the film is CGI, which kind of blows my mind.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing that is, is that blue flame thing that the carriage has to go through to get to Castle Dracula. That was a projector too. Oh, was it? I thought that was okay.
0: Well there you go. Literally no CGI whatsoever. And looking back at nineteen ninety two CGI, yeah, short of like the Jurassic Parks of that day, CGI was atrocious in nineteen ninety two. So I think he made a good call, even if all of those scenes, like when he's marching in the red and like and when they go through the blue and when he turns into fog, even though they're all kind of still cringy, I have some sort of weird respect for the fact that they did them all practically.
1: Yeah, no, I do, too. I do, too. I know that I know that there's a lot of stuff. I feel like this movie, I put Dracula above Mary Riley. Um, but I know, again, I know there's plenty to like nitpick about Dracula, but this is another one that I really, really like as well. Like I own, I own this one. Like I watch this one at least a couple times a year. I really like it. Like I said, not only, you know, I, not only for the fun performances of (laughs) Keanu and Winona as Mina and Jonathan Harker. Um, but this one, this is another one, this score I love it. The music in the beginning of this, when they are in Transylvania, is probably some of my absolute favorite non-Danny Elfman musical score. Like, I love the music in this one.
0: So guess who worked on this score?
1: Who? Annie Lennox! Really? Yeah, she is.
0: Go ahead, girl. He was the co-writer and uh, composer of the score for Bram Stoker Dracula. Yeah, I love me some Annie Lennox, too.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't. I learned something new today. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. See,
0: and another, while I'm spewing Marissa's fun facts, um, one of the only horror films in the history of the Oscars to get makeup, sound, costumes, and art design all in one year.
1: Wow. The costumes are fantastic.
0: Oh my god, yeah. And so are the art design and the sound. Like, There's a lot of good things in this movie. The makeup itself is really impressive too, especially because they did everything practically.
1: And to go along with that, one thing that I wrote down is that I felt like this... I felt like this movie, and whether it was intentional or not, I don't know. I always like to give the benefit of the doubt that it is intentional, but I felt that this movie had a very old Hollywood feel, where it was simple yet effective.
0: Absolutely, and I think that that's Coppola's style. I yeah. think when Coppola does a genre, he kicks it back to the old school feel. Like, I mean, there's no, there's no reason for us to have to talk about what a masterpiece the Godfather trilogy is, but at the end of the day, that felt really old time too. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that he, that's just how Coppola films his. If he's gonna do it, he's gonna make it feel like the old retro style.
1: I also really I like the mythology of of Dracula. I know it comes. I know that there's a lot of movies that do the whole religious tie in with it, but I love, I just love the image of when Vlad forces the sword through the crucifix and, and it just starts to bleed everywhere and he drinks the blood and then becomes the immortal. And I, I really like the Dracula mythology in this one.
0: Oh, me too. I, I really love it. And and it's Gary Oldman who makes it as good as as it is. I think it's Gary Oldman's presence and like Anthony Hopkins as uh what's his face? Uh, Van Helsing. Thank you. That really to it like just highlights just how mediocre the other ones are. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's almost like if Gary Oldman wasn't as good in this movie as he was, nobody would mind Winona Ryder's charableness as much.
1: No, it's true. It's really but it's so it's so tough. To, I mean, I can't imagine. It's got to be so tough. Yeah, you've got Gary Oldman on one side and Anthony Hopkins on the other. Yeah. And and you're Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Like, Keanu, are you awesome in Bill and Ted? Yes. In Point Break? Absolutely. You know, Swayze, Keanu Reeves, do it. Like, that movie's amazing. Yeah. Um, Keanu and Gary Oldman? That's a little bit different. That's, right. That's... I don't quite want to call that one peanut butter and chocolate that's that's something a little different cuz that's just it doesn't seem to gel these are two two actors on two different ends of, you know, yeah. ends of the spectrum as far as their body of work, as far as their talent, you know. And and that's to say like I don't know like okay, let's pretend that it's now. Like could Keanu pull it off now? Like does he have the chops to be Jonathan Harker now? No,
0: not at all. Not no, at you're all.
1: still going to say now?
0: Oh my god, yeah. I, he could age 50 years and he would never have the have the classic training and abilities of these actors. I think you're right. I think it's like taking two very different styles and trying to... Not to say I don't love Keanu because I am an FBI agent. That movie, <laughs> Point Break's one of my favorites. So I'll live and die by that movie. And I love uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah, you heard me. I love Bogus Journey. Yeah, I'm talking to you, horror movie night. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, they, I I think, so getting back real quick, one of the things you said about, I think uh, like the idea that it, it really brings in the old school and the new school. I think that's a really interesting juxtaposition that's created in this film. Like the idea of the modern world getting permeated by the old world when you have Jack and you throw him into the modern world and the scene with him in the movies and, you know, like all these kind of misplaced like he's in the new time and then she's kind of dragged back into his his world like i liked that theme and i liked that it tied in well with the other dualities in this film like how like the old and the new are all one and the same and that like good and evil are basically one and the same and sex and sex and violence are one and the same like i found there to be a lot of layers to this film that were very well done and it speaks to the mastery of coppola's directing
1: yeah i agree I really want to have the kind of magic vampire sex that they had at the very end of the movie.
0: Oh my god! All kinds of magic vampire sex, and even when it's not consensual. Like this film is so rapey, and I, I, I I'm cringy with it. And like looking at the film, I'm like, ugh. But here's one of my biggest gripes. If I could talk about uh, vampire sex, yeah. When the vampires in the castle attack, rape, and bite Harker right okay it is is seen as a contamination of his purity like it is a sin and they they like darken him right Mm -hmm. but when lucy is attacked by uh dracula and turned much in the same vein she's the problem because she like it's handled so differently it's like she is the sin because she's the sexy woman yeah. And to me, it speaks so interestingly to like the male privilege in in not only old societies, but in ours, in that the girl is seen like the man is contaminated by the woman. It harkens back to like the Adam and Eve trope, the idea that the woman sexualizes is contaminating to the man, but when the man is sexualized, it's somehow beautiful or dangerous or appropriate and it nothing infuriates me more than feeling like it's being perpetuated and in this film lucy i love lucy and mina's dynamic because lucy's very much like this liberated woman yeah. who is very radical for victorian times you know like she talks about sex and masturbation and all these other things mina gets all embarrassed and like i love lucy and to see her meet such a horrible fate and almost have the film suggest that well that's what you get for being a girl who likes sex kind of pissed me off one thing I did like though was that her fiance and all that little troop of men all still very much supported and stood by Lucy even after she was bitten which I thought was kind of sweet in a weird way
1: yeah I agree they were even her suitors that failed to end up being the guy you know they they still remained I agree they remained they they were like they were all friends and they were all kind of in it together and they were like, okay, well, you get to marry Lucy, but you know what? We're all going to be bros about it. You know, we're cool. Let's do this. Let's save the girl. I agree. I like that. Um, I think the, the only part of magic vampire sex that I didn't like was that first time with Lucy when they were outside during the storm. But I think that's mostly because Gary Oldman was kind of like werewolfy and that was kind of gross it was so gross
0: and yeah. it was so not consensual which made made it even grosser and i feel like it was i feel like it was very animalistic in that moment yes. and I, again it was like that idea that like that's what lucy deserved she didn't deserve the magical wonderful vampire sexy time she deserved the animalistic horrific one and that kind of upset me the other thing that i like a lot with this film and that i think the the writing and the directing does well is this motif of repression Because I think for Dracula, the repression came with the religion. Like When he was Vlad, he played by the rules of the the church, only to get screwed over by the very same church that he defended, right? Because they tell him, the reason why he freaks out is because she's killed herself, so she's not going to heaven, right? Then, in Mina's time, I think it's the social class that is the repressing factor, and the sex becomes the repression they are all so rep- repressed and seemingly prim and proper because of their class and their like what like the part where she's like and if you want to see a real show go to the theater like there's so much suggestion that she's of the higher class and that that is part of what's repressing her she wants to run off with jack
1: yeah but she well, even in even in the very very beginning before jonathan harker goes to transylvania the first time when her when jonathan and mina are saying goodbye in the garden she's the one that kind of like sits him down for like some kisses she's the one that's pulling him close to her
0: absolutely the women in this film are very much pushing the envelope of their sexuality but they get punished for it every time um Which just perpetuates the bullshit fucking themes of like, oh, watch out for the vixen, she'll get you every time. So, something else that I like about both of these films is the idea that the superpower of the villain is sexuality, right? Because
1: that's the drive, yeah, that's the driving factor in both of them. Is 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 the love of a woman? I mean, Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde. You've got Mary, and for Dracula, I mean, his whole thing is is Mina is. I, what are, are they trying to say? That she she does she just look like his wife, or is she supposed to be the reincarnation of his wife?
0: I took it as reincarnation. That's yeah. how
1: I took it too. But I think that it, we take it
0: that way because it it makes it all somehow more romantic and more like a, like possible. That's you fine. Know, like at the end, I truly do. Like, my heart is tethered to their relationship in a weird way.
1: I did like the dynamic. toward. I guess it was toward the end. Because in the beginning, when Mina was, you know, putting Vlad off, you know, more and more... But in the end, when she started to accept him and when they had their magic vampire sex and then when he turned her and, you know, he had gotten hurt and he's, like, running off to the castle and she's trying to protect him from from Harker and the men where she, like, stands in between them and and Dracula, I really like that part. She's like that was she's like had a total stand by your man part right there like she was all in to save or not to save but to protect dracula and i really did like that part you know all bad acting aside i guess because she really wasn't speaking that's it was <laughs> that's oh that's how-
0: funny see that part really <laughs> i'm sorry to like be like well i'm but like i i th- that part made me mad because i felt like she lost all of the like she lost her um she lost, like, I guess, the control over her own life.
1: Oh, you know? no. See, yeah, I don't agree with that. I feel like that's that's when she's able to break the the stigma of being, you know, like, the the seen and not heard kind of woman. Like, she stands up to a group of men. She stands up to protect him. And, yeah, I kind of feel like the opposite in that. That's how I took it, that she, you know... I don't care what my station in life is. Like I'm in love with him. I love him and I will protect him. And I, a mere woman will stand up to, you know, five men pointing weapons at me. Like, don't hurt him. Like, no, don't hurt him. See, I, I took it just the other way.
0: I kind of like that. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with that. I like that a lot. Actually. It's, it's a lot more empowering for the character of Mina than my interpretation, which was like, now you've lost all control over your own, uh, ability to you know be yourself like because the question i'm left with is like does she want to go home to jonathan after all that probably not
1: i don't know because it's one of those things where i just like i in my in my like perfect world like i wanted to see like her and dracula just kind of you know go off into the sunset which like, in literally. a way
0: you do like it show like i think it definitely suggests the fact that he's now reunited with her in heaven or hell or whatever right um i found it interesting too that both the monster in this film of dracula and the monster of Hyde are both very capable of love and
1: selflessness that's good i hadn't thought about that
0: yeah because they both kind of give sacrifices for the women they love like dracula doesn't want to turn mina because he he does love her and and Hyde doesn't want to hurt mary because he likes her and i think that um it's funny because both of these movies end with the monster's dead and the girl is grieving you know, which I thought like how perfectly that we just picked these random two movies, yet they fit together so so darn well. So I don't know. The other thing that this movie kind of plays with, and I'll throw this out to you, is this idea that really violence and arousal sexual arousal are one in the same. And and I find that problematic.
1: No, I was just gonna say that's a situation how 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 does it go? It's like there can always be sexual arousal in violence. But it doesn't mean there's always violence and sexual arousal. Did I say that right? Is that how that kind of phrasing goes? Like you it's it's not one of those situations where it's mutually mutually exclusive. Like you don't always have to have one to have the other, but you can have one within the other. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree. I think that you can have you can mix the two of them and, and it be very effective. In these films, and I think that the the, what both of these films kind of play around with is the idea that they both both sex and uh, violence elicit very similar primal reactions in people. You know, like it's our it's really when we're at our most animalistic. If you look at like evolutionary psychology, the the idea that like everything we do is either to survive. Or you know the survival of the species, then violence and sex are really the driving forces of humanity, which is which is I think a, a really strong theme that tethers both of these films together. Oh, absolutely, for better or for worse, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. I like I said, this is a guilty pleasure for me, Dracula, because number one, I do love Coppola as a director. I think there's a lot of good things about this film if you can get past some some. Cool, iffy things like the performances and the accents and all that. But at the end of the day, when I'm thinking Dracula movies, this is like pretty high up there for me.
1: This is absolutely up there. There's there's a handful of dracula or like like nosferatu based movies that i really like and this is this is up there with them
0: yeah i think so too i think if you look at like you know to me it's like 31 you know bella lugosi's dracula sets the bar nosferatu's great the nosferatu remake is is passable i think christopher lee's vamp you know drac right in
1: the hammer films
0: yeah and all the hammer even though those kind of go off and then, it's, to me, it's Gary Oldman. I think Gary Oldman gets to go- be right up there with, like, the canon of Dracula's.
1: Yeah. And I, I think we've For mentioned sure, this.
0: Boy, Judah, Judas.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Dracula 2000 oh. is, like, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> neck and neck with 31 Bella Lugosi. Neck <laughs> and
0: neck. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> See what I did there? No, um, I wouldn't put Dracula 2000 in the top vampire movies, but I would, and I think-
0: fuck hope not jackie
1: i i uh i've mentioned this before but shadow of the vampire is is an amazing movie and willem dafoe does an awesome max shrek and hey it's another john malkovich movie we hope you guys have enjoyed another round of our guilty pleasure movies uh with mary Riley and Draculia.
0: Yes, and thank you to all the children of the night for coming out for Jersey course. That's See,
1: I can do bad accents. You, you really too. could. You, you've you got a future in Hollywood, kid. Oh, my I'm God. A, I'm I should, fan.
0: I I could train people like Winona Ryder and Keanu.
1: Yeah, you could be a dialect coach. That's your calling. You could teach Winona Ryder
0: oh little irish oh julia you need to do a nice irish accent oh let's see come with me
1: <laughs> that, was, that was that was a couple different accents that was a couple different mixed into
0: one when i tell you accents are literally the thing i'm the worst at in this world i can't even pretend you can do accents i know you can i've heard you I, but me oh i got nothing
1: i'm i'm good when i can like practice like i you know i i will say that i can do them but i also come from a theater background because that was right. my major in college so i'm also keen to like listen and practice and read things in certain like di- yeah like it takes for me it takes practice i'm not one of those people that can just pull out an accent like i need to hear it for a little bit i need to practice vowel sounds. And then I can, and then I can do it. I'm. I'm. Messing. And
0: it's it's funny too because I feel like that's a that's a skill, not something. like you are talented enough to be able to do that. Like obviously, I'm sure Winona and Keanu both worked really hard. And Julia, all three of them worked very hard to master their accents. They just never did. You know, like I think it's something you can either do or you can't. Because like Julie Roberts, Kevin Costner, all these people we we rag on for bad accents in movies. Like even like Dick Van Dyke's. Um, uh british accent in mary mary poppins (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so bad and it's hard for me to say that because not only do i love that film but i love him with every fiber of my being true but at the end of the day not everybody can do an accent like it's a thing you're either can do or you can't like i and, and my highly offensive attempts at them tonight are just proof of the pudding i could practice for hours and i still couldn't pull that off and i do apologize for any offensive uh yeah anybody who's offended by my accent yeah, we'll,
1: we'll put out the blanket apology to all of our irish listeners we're
0: sorry. <laughs> I'm jealous of Irish accents. I think they're hot.
1: Oh, I'm down. I'm down. I'm I'm partial to the Scottish accent, though.
0: Oh, any of them? Yeah, I'm into it. Um, I just uh, unfortunately just suffer from a uh, practically intolerable New York accent, so that's why I find <laughs> the other accents appealing.
1: <laughs> really? Do you do you like it when I say John? I do. I, I love it when Jaws. you say John, and I especially love it when you say Jaws.
0: Jaws. You say jo- How do you say Jaws? How do you say Jaws? Jaws. <laughs> And then, um, you know, if you want to give me a class of water,
1: I don't say water. You do say saw, though. I do say saw. Saul. Saul. I saw. I that. do, and I do go home. So. Oh yeah, and Coke. Yeah, and phone. And John. South Jersey. And John, but you just said you loved accents, so that's I'm, I'm, you know, I should be more appealing to you.
0: You should. It does it for me. It works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are we good? We're good. Okay, so, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls and you will find us there. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app. Again, just search Jersey Ghouls. And for our podcast, blog, movie reviews, and all around good times, you can check out our website, JerseyGhouls.com. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I- <laughs> I'd like to say goodbye to all of you. And I hope, I hope you have a lovely, lovely weekend. And we'll be seeing you at the next one.
0: <laughs> That's way better than I could ever. <laughs> ah, bye-bye. Ah, bye-bye. <laughs>